Welcome to Raising Up Cops, a podcast about raising Coptic kids in Western culture. I am joined today with my wonderful co-host, Laura, and I'm Madonna, and we're back again to talk about some more exciting, hopefully, things with you. Go ahead, Laura. Today's topic is an intense one. We're going to talk about how to discuss war and current events with your children and how to bring those very difficult topics up and how to help your children process them. Um, And we have a lot of thoughts and different philosophies. And I Mm. can't wait to hear Madonna, what you guys do at your house, but at at our house, I would say at our house growing up, you know, there was the six o'clock news and we would all sit together and the first half hour is local news. Right. And then the second half hour is international news. And we would have lots of conversations and discussions and mom and dad would have input. And there was just a, a ritual of talking about current events in a godly way with a godly perspective that I really loved. Now, we don't do that here. We don't spend time on the TV at all, um, you know, during school nights, if I can avoid it. And so there isn't like the six o'clock, let's gather for an hour to talk about news. And so my kids really don't get the news. I don't mm. know. Um, and even though they're grown, I guess there are pros and cons to this, but I want to hear from you, Madonna, like your kids are younger, but do you guys have any kind of like ritual around the news or how do they know what's happening in the world? Yeah. I mean, we started off by saying this episode is going to be about how to talk to your kids about war, but I think more accurately, more accurately, we're just going to share how we manage it in our home, right? So we already know that every family has different rules and different ways that they approach topics. And also the culture within your own home is different from my home than yours, right? So in my home, like we're a lot more open, we're a lot more um, like we kind of like lay it out the facts flatly and just say things as they are. Um, in other homes, I know that there's a lot of people who are very conscientious of that and don't want to do that. Um, so for us, Laura, it actually worked out. I didn't intentionally bring it up, but way back when the whole thing started between Russia and Ukraine, um, it was on my heart to pray about it. And really, so far, that's been the trend. During our prayer time at night, I will bring it up in my prayer. Please, God, be with the people that are, you know, on the other side of the world that are really struggling right now. And I, and I mention it very high level. And naturally, it'll pique the curiosity of the kids, what's going on. And I will give them a very high level synopsis very basic. This country and this country disagree about which land is theirs. And so they fight over it and people get hurt in the process. And it's a whole thing. And they're like, wow, I can't believe it. And they ask every every now and then, are they still fighting? Yeah, they're still fighting. That's kind of how it goes. In this case, um, with the Palestinian-Israeli war, which has been really, really heavy on a lot of people, especially because of the long, long history of it. Um, but we have people in our church who are Palestinian. Um, and so it hit them specifically very hard. And so we had somebody um, send a email very sweetly with, hey, every night at eight o'clock, we are going to be um, praying these prayers if you want to join us. And he they had laid out like on Monday, we're going to say this psalm and we're going to pray this prayer and on Tuesday, this and this. So we joined, we've been doing it with our kids. Once again, they asked what's going on and we gave them a very high level um, situation, two countries, they are not happy with the land situation, whatever. So they're fighting, people are dying. It's, it's really painful. It's hard. So we need to pray for them. And I'll be honest that like, I don't think that they're going to sleep thinking about it in terms of it, like weighing heavily on them because to them, again, in our house, we kind of say things as they are, we're praying for these things, but we are also fully aware that there's not much in our hands 
to do besides that while we are in our house? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, so I think this is something where um, Abuna and I have a different perspective or a different philosophy. Um, And I think his philosophy is often healthier. (laughs) I'm just so used to being... You know, I like the American college system, the American education is very much about keeping up with current events, the power of the individual, um, call your representative, march in the streets, that's sort of the the freedom fighter education, you know, um, patriotic American kind of perspective that I've gotten. Um, Whereas Abuna is very practical and he does not um, fill his time with things outside his circle of influence. So whatever he He has such a long task list and so many people to worry about that it would actually be negligent to spend time thinking, like adding more to the plate of things that he is worried about, but can't do anything about. So there are Mm. marriages that are falling apart that he needs to go address now. He does not like, it's not that he's not praying. Obviously the liturgy is full of prayers for all people and peace for everywhere and all of that, but he does not actively go out and find current events to stress out about, which is more my philosophy. Like everything is wrong. The world is dying existential crisis. That's, that's my job in this family. Um, you know, like my favorite is like uh, Maranatha Lord come, you know, that's like, yes. my, that's my, like doomsday. <laughs> Although that, that really is my prayer. So, um, so I think that creates like a different it, it creates a tension for me that I don't necessarily want to bring things up with the kids. I feel like, okay, their dad isn't necessarily bringing them up. So should I be putting it out there? I think part of the reason we don't, and this is going to get really like um, part of the reason we don't watch the news together is because if you think about it, like in this country, every other week, there's a mass shooting, right? Like mm. there is plenty of things to be very, very afraid of. And I don't want the kids to, grow up with like extra sense of fear. So this idea, Madonna, that you bring it up in prayer as um, as a, a work that you do as a family, like a good deed that you do as a family is to pray for the others and keep them in your, in your active prayers, not just being knowledgeable, not just, um, you know, obsessing as I tend to do, but making it an active, deliberate part of your prayer. Yes. Action, <laughs> you know, yeah, there's a huge difference between just accumulating knowledge and it weighing heavily on you versus something actionable that you can do. And so I have been really conscious this time, Laura, and I think this is, I mean, this is a super recent change and that I am not trying to look up or seek all the information that I can about it. Inevitably, it's all around me anyways, because everyone is talking about it as they should be like, there's not, there's nothing wrong with that. But I do think and we've talked about this before, that this um, oversaturation of knowledge in our lives has not been overall a good thing. It has not been a good thing. And I don't, you said it perfectly, I don't want to instill that in our kids, where they're growing up with fears. Now, by the same token, Lara, you said it at the beginning as well, that in your family, you guys talked about the news. It was just part of life. And for us, like, we don't do the thing now where everybody has their own TV, right? Like back then, it was the one TV in the house. And when six o'clock came on, everybody was watching the news because that's what dad was watching. And so I saw and heard many things. And as a matter of fact, like one of my goals in life was to be like Christian Amanpour. I wanted to be a field reporter 
I wanted to be like her. I thought she was so amazing that she was like in these super dangerous places and reporting on real life facts, things that were happening. So I was intrigued by it. That's my personality. I was intrigued by it. Um, but I knew it was going on all the time. And I don't remember being anxious about it in that sense. I don't know. Did you, Laura? No, I'm with you. So first of all, it's hilarious that you said Christian Amanpour because that was a nickname my grandfather had for me. He was like, <laughs> that was going to be the way. That's amazing. Um, but I think that um, the anxiety, you hit on it right. Like that's, I was just talking to somebody about this, that the problem now is that somehow we have convinced all of these teenagers who are on social media that it's their job to fix the world, their responsibility to be the activists, you know, yes. make a difference and make a better world and the world is dying and you're the one who can save it. Like we have put so much pressure on them. I believe there are articles out there that show that there is an increased mental health crisis in part because of this, because now it's not just there's the news there's news and you better do something about it. And they can't, right? Because you can't, what are you going to do? <laughs> Besides, of course, true prayer, right? And there, yeah, there's that, that common quote you hear, um, your silence is loud, you know, and people get shunned for not speaking out on things and not sharing their opinion. You've got mom influencers whose whole life is built around sharing what they do with their kids, sharing about what's happening in Palestine and Israel. And it's just like, I understand the need to 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 share your opinion, okay? I get it because I'm I'm like that and I'm actually a recovering opinionated person. Okay? I'm like in the process of therapizing myself to not be like that, okay? Um but I have to be really realistic about what change I can do from my home because I know that of the thousands of people posting, there's maybe like 3% that are actually on the ground doing something helpful that have done something that could be impactful all the way all the way across the ocean like that. I I mean let's be real. Like I'm not I'm not saying it against the people that are posting because they shouldn't be whatever. I'm just saying when you look at the facts, not many people that are talking about it are doing anything about it or have any firsthand knowledge at all. I mean, that's the other thing is everybody is just retweeting, whatever that reposting. Yes. Nobody, nobody, not nobody, but like the voices of people who just parrot things mm. is so loud and overwhelming. And what we need is like people who are really there to talk to us or people who are really in power. I mean, I remember our mutual friend, Sandra, we were talking and I was telling her like, honestly, like I'm really, um, I would not trade places right now with the people in charge of making decisions who are actually for, for whom this is actually their circle of concern because Lord have mercy on their souls because some of the decisions they're making, they're going to have to stand before God and defend those yes. decisions. And so, I, but I'm not there. Like, I'm not like, I'm not even, <laughs> I'm not even anywhere near, I'm not even like six degrees of separation from any of right. those people. Um, but yeah, like, the people, I want to, yeah. I, I want to make something clear that like, there are people in our world that are activists and they are activists by the name. Like they are truly down and dirty. They are, like you said, calling the representatives. They are passing the laws. They are doing the things that need to be done. They are getting the word out, which we have no problem with that. All of that is needed. It is necessary. It is good. Um, where I'm drawing the distinction is the people, like you said, that are just 
resharing and imitating and parroting and saying these things, talking about it to say that they know about it, talking about it to say that they've talked about it, but there's nothing being done on the backside. And um, so when we, when I talk to my kids about it, I, for me, they're young, they're eight and six, what can they do? And I don't want them to just be scared of it. I also don't want them to be ignorant of it. So what better way than to bring it up in prayer? For me, that is both the action and the knowledge, but at a, I think a comfortable level for our family. It's not diving in where I'm, where I'm, I'm not spewing out statistics of how many children have died today. And I am not showing them pictures of the war-torn country and the things that have happened. I am not inundating them with information that is really, truly unnecessary because they don't have power right now. Um, But they're not ignorant and they understand the world is still not in a good place. The world has, world has problems and we are in need of Jesus badly. Like we are in need of God badly and there is no saving grace besides him. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the things that I, that's one of, I guess the regrets that I have is that because we don't have a regular touch point on issues like this, like, I mean, maybe the little one, he's 10, so he's not getting third party information, but my 15 year old is on YouTube shorts or whatever, and is seeing things. And maybe without a conversation with me, she's lacking the perspective for those Mm -hmm. issues. She's lacking the lens that, you know, like, what's my opinion? What's my perspective on it? Um, What's our family's perspective? What's the biblical view on what's going on? She's lacking that if we don't have that conversation. And I think that's key. Like that's, that's a step that has to be taken. Um, and I think that, you know, like you said, every family is going to make that decision or going to find like fine tune how to do it. Um, but you said something just now that I'm, I'm sorry, we're going to have to talk about, um, your kids are eight and six. Mm. How long have we been doing this podcast? Because I feel like they were like four. When yes. We started talking. <laughs> Eight years old? When? Yes. <laughs> yes. She turned eight in September and Isaiah turned six in uh, October. That's crazy. Yes. Our kids are fall babies. Mine are yours. Wow. Look at yes. that. <laughs> okay. It yeah. happens so fast. It happens yeah. so, so fast. Yes. I guess some of our early conversations were like, they were very going to be a teenager and now yes. fifth, full on 15. <laughs> That's crazy. That's wild. Right. It happens so fast. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's part of it is like, we only have them for a limited time and we want to give them godly perspectives. So in whatever way you choose with your family to talk about these issues, do take the opportunity to do it. If you don't guide your kids in their processing of certain issues, the world is going to guide their, um, their processing of those issues. And so you want to make sure that you're there first, you're there early, um, that you're kind uh, of comforting them. Like Madonna said, there's giving information, frankly, without like giving the emotional weight and the burden and the things that cause anxiety without like dumping on them. We're not mm. dumping on them. Just hear the facts and what we can do about it is pray. And later, if you choose to go into this field, you can fix it however you want, but <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you do something boring at a desk. <laughs> I mean, if they, I mean, if you're going to ask for more information, you still, this is why we pray for wisdom. This is why we pray for discernment, right? Like if they're going to ask for more information, you as the parent have the authority to say no more information is necessary. 
Like just because they ask, you don't have to divulge everything. And that's one of those, again, very key pieces of um, character building things that I think people need to learn is you don't have to know everything because not everything is good and and beneficial for you. It's just not. And so even if they were to now ask me, even though I usually go the route of being honest, I am still mom. My husband is still dad. And we still know what our kids can handle and not handle. I have a kid who is more sensitive than the other one. So I I, I play to the least common denominator. Like I go with whoever, like I, I give the least information that would be appropriate for them, even though their threshold is probably more than most kids, just because that's what we do is talk about these things. Um, but you and your home, like you don't have to. It's also about presentation, right, Laura? Like, can you imagine if I brought my kids home and I and I sat them down and I said, listen, your dad and I have something really important we want to talk to you about. Um, there are people dying in the other side of the world right now. There are people that are suffering. No, that's going to make it sound like doomsday. And that's not what you want either. This was prayerfully brought up. It was calmly brought up. It was a just, it was a matter of fact, but not like... Um, like damning, you know, this is everything that's going to happen to us and and all these things. So, um, and it was also a way for them to touch on the, the fortunate point. Like we are fortunate that we are not in an area that's experiencing this right now. So count our blessings. Like we are very blessed. And at the same time, our heart can bleed for the people that are, are suffering in this way. Um, and that is a concept that is worldwide. Like I can, I can bring that up if a friend of theirs parents gets divorced. Yes, it happens. Yes, it's sad. We're going to pray that things change. And if we can do anything, we will, but you don't need to worry about in this house. Okay. Or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So that's just my philosophy and, or our philosophy, Laura. And as we said, in your own homes, you know, your families, you know, your kids. And if you think that you are going to be nervous to talk about it, just my two cents, I wouldn't bring it up. If you feel like you are not going to if you are going to break down, if you are going to have a hard time sharing, then that is not, then you should not do it. That is not the right way to go. My opinion. Yeah. You're not ready to talk about it yet. So don't talk about it with them. I mean, they're not your therapist for sure. Exactly. Exactly. So we hope that we were able to kind of touch on something that's a little more current, a little big, more big of a deal in this current um, time that we're living in. And we are praying deeply for our brothers and sisters across the way, because it's really heart-wrenching it's really heartbreaking um, and things are really tough, but we are praying for them and may God give you all the wisdom. And I encourage you today to assess your family and see what makes sense for you and whatever makes sense for your kids. And if you're sending them out into a place where you know people are going to be talking about it, maybe you need to mitigate what they're going to hear and give them the facts upright if they're going to go to school and talk about this stuff or whatever. So um, God be with you. God be with us all as we navigate family life. Raising Up Cops is a production of Coptic Dad and Mom. This podcast is hosted by Laura Michael and Madonna Lawindi. None of the views expressed during this recording are the official stance of the Coptic Orthodox Church or its hierarchy. These are our personal opinions, collective experiences, and organic discussions on selected topics. If you'd like to reach out with any questions or comments, you can reach us at raisingupcops at gmail.com.